Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm glad you've joined us today. I really pray that you grab your Bibles, follow along with us. This is our Friday morning, once a week Bible study that we have. And uh, we've been studying the book of Ephesians since last October. October the 7th, we started in the great letter uh, to the church in Ephesus that God wrote through the Apostle Paul. Not only to that church there, but uh, as we always do, we turn back and, and look at chapter 1, verse 1, and says that this letter was also written not only to the saints that are at Ephesus, but to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So we've been studying this letter. We call it a book. And uh, we've just had a great time, and the Lord has shown us many things. I really don't like using the word learn because I'm a true believer, and I, I don't hear people saying this. It's just something that I believe the Lord has shown me, that we don't learn when we come to church. We hear. And then when we go out and we have an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to apply in a learning our learning process, uh, then that's when we learn. We don't sit here and learn. You know, we, 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 for years we've gone to church and Bible studies and we leave and we say, man, I learned some stuff I didn't know today. And really you just heard some stuff you didn't know. You don't really learn it till the experience of it comes. Then you're learning. Then you're growing. Then, then let me just say it again, then you're learning. Today, right now, for the next hour, you will be hearing. And with your natural ears, and if you hear with your spiritual ears, then that means God will be able to, by the Holy Spirit, apply what you hear, and then you're in the learning process. And I thank God for that revelation that he's given me, that uh, you can't just watch somebody else live for God and learn how. You don't start learning until you're getting in on the process yourself. So praise God. So this is our 45th session. And it's the 15th of September, 2017. And uh, if you need to donate online, the website is thecrosswaychurch.com. If you're scared of the uh, internet, like so many are, just send your gift offering to the address there you see on the board. And uh, before we dig into the Word one more time, all God's works are done in truth. Psalms 33.4, this little 62-bait page booklet was written uh, from that, bringing many other scriptures in, rightly dividing the Word of God. I promise you, what's written on these pages will bring much clarity to the Word of God. Many questions you've had will be answered by the Holy Spirit through the truth that's written on the pages of that book. Not my opinion, but the truth that's found in the Word of God. So $15, get your copy. Send your check or money order today, and we'll mail your little book to you. Praise God. Ephesians chapter Chapter 6, uh, I believe last week we ended uh, with 6 and 10, and uh, where he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But this week, uh, we might read that and roll right into verse 11. But as always, before we do, let's ask our Heavenly Father to give us what we need today. For I'm one that knows I have need of my daily bread today. I need more than breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I need the Word of God. I need the bread of life. And as long as I'm looking at the Word of God in the context of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, the Lord will be able able to give me the bread I need today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again today for this grand opportunity to 
open this book we call the Bible, your scriptures, your word, your will for our lives, found on the pages of these books, Lord, you're in your word. I pray that faith would come today because I know when faith comes, then faith brings overcoming situations into our life. And we thank you, Lord, today for all your word that you've given us, that we might rightly divide your word and be taught by your spirit. And I pray today would be a great day, Lord, in that you teach us and and allow us to have the things we need that when we do leave this place, we go out and we begin to learn to experience what you have said to us, your children. So I pray for a greater than ever before revelation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified today and all the benefits thereof that come to us. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. 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 So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we discussed that last week. And uh, just let me encourage you this morning, go back and look at the other uh, broadcast. Uh, that we've put on the internet, and I'm not, I don't think all of them are on YouTube, but the last uh, two or three or more months are on YouTube. Before that, uh, well, if it's it, within the last year, you could go watch it, but if you want all of them, uh, you're going to have to write the ministry, you're going to have to let us know, and of course there will be a charge to make those for you. When we get through, uh, there will be a study guide that is put together for this whole Ephesians series. So you'll have, you will have made available to you the CDs or the DVDs and a study guide eventually. But if you want the whole thing, you're going to have to write and let us know. And we'll let you know at that time what it's going to cost you. So he says after verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, uh, this morning I want to look at this phrase, first of all, put on. Because the Bible here tells us what we have to do. And I, and I know people hear that and they say, well, I thought you've been preaching for years now, Brother Curtis, that it's not about what we do, it's about what he did. And let's just straighten that out real quick this morning. What we have to do is keep our faith in what he did. That is our work. That is our, our total work. Every t- as long as we're keeping our faith in Christ and what He did on the cross, then that is considered our works. Jesus, uh, when asked by uh, uh, people who circled around Him, said, What must we do to do the works of God? He said, Just believe on the one in whom He sent. So as long as our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary, the Holy Spirit then has access and the liberty to work in us to change us and to work through us to help others. And somebody said amen. So when the Bible does tell us to do something, the only way we can do it is if our faith is in the cross and the Holy Spirit is empowering us to do it, but it's always through Christ. Everything we do is through Christ, and that means faith in the cross. If we don't know that, then we'll just do anything and say that we're just doing it through Christ. But the only way we can be found as doing anything through Christ is if the Holy Spirit is doing it. 
And somebody said, Amen. The only way we can do anything through Christ is if the Holy Spirit is doing it in us. And the only way He has the liberty to do anything in us is if our faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people don't believe that. They think it's more than that. And that's not really it. There's got to be more than that. Those are all people who uh, cry out from under the law. Those who are under grace say, Yes, it's all about what He did. I will keep my faith in the sacrifice. And therefore, that allows the Holy Spirit, who is God, who only works in truth, by the way, as Psalms 33, 4, that Jesus claimed to be, and he also claimed that when we knew the truth, the truth would make us free. So what, how are we made free from sin? Through what Christ did at Calvary. That's the truth. And so when we know that, means when we believe that, the Holy Spirit then makes us a new creation in Christ, baptizes us into the body of Jesus Christ by baptizing us into his death, Romans 6, 3. Now, I've got to, I've got to always say these things over and over and over because uh, new viewers as well as us who are every Friday viewer need to hear these things, need to stay the course, need to hang on to that sacrifice because God, uh, he, he's only going to work in truth. I don't care who comes along, anybody that comes along, even if it's someone that's preached the cross for 40 years, if they come along and they start saying different you better watch them because God, the Bible says, only works in truth. Jesus is that truth and what makes him that truth that God works in in our lives through him is our faith in what he did at Calvary, period. Everything else is, is our faith in us doing something. Amen. So when the Bible here in Ephesians 6:11 tells us to do something, put on the whole armor of God so that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, then we better surely run quick to the Lord and say, I need you to tell me, Lord, what this means for me to put on the whole armor of God. And before we even get started good this morning, I'm going to remind us before we dig in, it simply means to keep your faith in the cross. In who Christ is and what he did, what he provided at Calvary for you. And we will see that in the scriptures right here. And, and, and let me also say this. And I know most of the viewers are those who the Lord has been able to bring back to faith and grace. Faith in the cross alone. But many times people tune in and they, and they hear these messages and because someone invited them. But you need to understand that... Preachers, when they get in the pulpit, whatever they are full of is going to come out. That's why preachers can get in the pulpit and say God, the, the Bible talks about money more than any other thing. That's a lie. Jesus said the Bible talks about him. Amen. So if the preacher's full of a greed and a lust for money and more money and more money, he's going to preach money all the time. Every message is going to have money in it. If he's got other issues, and he does, if he's not preaching the cross, he's full of issues that you may not know about. But you can always listen to a preacher that stands before you and opens the Bible. Whatever he's full of is going to come out in every message. Every message. So uh, you need to pay attention to what your preacher is putting on the table. If he's full of the truth, the truth is going to come out. Amen. If he's full of something else, his desires are after something else, then literally a desire to help the people of God to grow in the things of God, then you're going to hear all sorts of other things come out. But if he's really 
desiring to see the flock grow, to feed the flock. As Jesus told Peter, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. And the only thing that the sheep of God, the flock of God can eat that's healthy is the word of God in truth. Amen. So we can't just fly over a phrase and read the Bible. We've got to dig into the Word of God because there's something there for me in every verse of the Bible. I can promise you there's something in every verse of the Bible for God's people. If you can see how it relates to Christ and what He did on the cross, then you can partake of that each and every verse in the Bible. So when the Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that's telling us we got to do something. And really, uh, if we want to think about this correctly, when the Bible says put on, that points us there has to be an object of faith. There has to be an object of faith here. If we don't have the cross as the object of our faith, Christ and what he did on the cross, then we will be led astray by ministers who say, you just need to close your eyes and imagine uh, whatever color you want to, your armor is, that God's given you. And oh, they're just so full of love. And they just want, it's a bunch of hypnosis and witchcraft. And we're going to see in the word what this armor really represents. Amen. He says the whole armor of God. It's not your armor, it's God's armor. But to be able to wear God's armor, and we're going to see in the Scriptures how that happens and what it really concerns in the Word of God. But first, let's cover this put on. I've got to learn to put on. If I didn't have to, be, if I didn't have to, to learn to put on the whole armor of God, I wouldn't need to be told. God tells His church what they need, what we need. So if we have faith in God's Word, then we will be walking in the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of what He's told us. When God tells us something to do something, that means if we find ourselves doing it, there will be great fruit. Jesus will be magnified and God will be glorified. Can we just stop there for a minute? If Jesus is not being magnified in all that we do, whatever that is, and God is not being glorified, then it's not the will of God. And we're, 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 and we're looking at the Word of God in the wrong way. And we can't just go out and magnify Jesus and glorify God in anything. Amen. We have, the only way Jesus can be magnified is if our faith is in him and what he did at Calvary. The Holy Spirit is allowed to teach us Jesus, to show us the things of Jesus. And then when we walk in the things the Holy Spirit is showing us of Jesus, meaning the truth, we find victory. And when we walk in victory over sin, then the Father is glorified. Praise be to God. So when the Bible tells us to put on, that's something we must do. And by faith in the cross of Christ, and each one of these pieces of armor, the armor of God that's listed, represents something that Jesus died to give us. Every piece of it. It's not about imagining with your eyes closed or waking up every morning and just imagining yourself putting on the armor of God. That's in the pulpits across the world today. And that's witchcraft. That's voodoo. That's not God's Word. He does not operate that way. He operates only in the truth. And the truth is His Son and what He did at Calvary. And that's the whole Bible is full of that. Amen. The whole Bible is full of a growing revelation in the Old Covenant until finally the climax came of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came, manifest in the flesh, born of a virgin, a, a perfect, sinless man to become a sin-bearing offering for you and I. Hallelujah. And he was 
the Son of God, and that was the climax of his life. Not his miracles, not the, the things he did on this earth. Praise God for his perfection, sinless life. Praise God for the miracles. That was his revealing of the Father's heart to us. Praise God. But the, in heaven right now, they're not saying worthy is the Lamb that walked on the water and that healed the sick. Their, their song is worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the focus in heaven is the cross of Christ and the focus on the earth better be the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. Because if you're praying thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then that, you, bet, you better understand what's going on in heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So when he says put on the whole armor of God, we're being told here what to do. Why would God tell us to do this? So that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If I don't know what it means to put on the whole armor of God, I will not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Thus, you have a defeated church today. You have as much divorce or more in the church. You have a church running around with excuses as to why they're not doing the Word of God and just excuses as to why they look just like the world today. Uh, the reason preachers won't preach the cross is it's because they don't know how to put on the armor of God. They don't really know what that means. And even the ones that can break it down and, and try to tell you that it does point to Calvary, it's just a good message for one or two Sundays a year because they really don't stick with the sacrifice because let me tell you why they don't. If you stick with the sacrifice, you're going to lose finances. You're going to lose people. You're going to lose relationships. But you need to understand, preacher, when you see the value of what God did in Christ at Calvary, what you gain far outweighs what you will ever lose here and now and you need to let that old retirement thing go if that's why you're hanging on to denominationalism you need to let everything go that you have considered more valuable than your preaching of the cross praise God so if I'm going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and that means his subtle schemes that's not seen by just anybody those who can't stand against the wiles of the devil, the schemes and the trickery of the devil that's so subtle that he just has tricked most of the church and has most of the church. And when I say most, hear me this morning, I mean 99.9999%. Do not know how to live in victory. You ask them, they'll tell you, well, you got to do this, this, and this. you got to pray, go to church. I, we didn't ask you what you did how do you find the power to do that stuff? When you get angry, so you get out of church. How do you keep going? When you get angry because somebody did you ugly, so you just get mad enough to get, I, I'm giving up on the Word. Something horrible comes into your life, and you just give up on God. How do you keep going? How do you live for God? Simple. It's not in what we do. It's in what Christ did. If we keep our faith in what he did for us at the cross, the Holy Spirit will keep us going. Jesus endured even unto death on the cross. You know what that means as our representative man? That means you and I can endure to the end. And if we don't, it's because there's something wrong with our faith. We can blame it on bad situations or terrible circumstances all we want to, but Jesus had a worse situation and circumstance than we will ever imagine. There's no excuse for our not enduring except ignorance or rebellion. 
So when we see in the Word of God, all we've got to do is put on the armor of God so that we can keep standing when the trickery and the schemes and the subtleness uh, uh, of ways of the enemy come and try to take me out of the way, out of God's will, out of God's way, then I need to understand what it means to put on the whole armor of God. And preachers who are just telling people to close their eyes and imagine this, those are the ones that the devil easily defeats. Easily. And it's it proof he's already defeated them because they're not they're preaching, they're preaching what the devil wants them to preach. Amen. The devil will never preach the message of the cross. He'll never preach that because that's in that is found the saint's victory, salvation for a lost world, the victory for the saint of God, and, it, and he's defeated. It's the message that when grabbed a hold of, that's why God says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. When I grab a hold of the message of the cross, keep my faith there, the devil, God says the devil will flee. It's high time the church learns what the backside of the devil looks like. Amen. Instead of his roaring voice as a lion. Praise God. So, so we see here, we've got to put on, and this put, putting on speaks of our faith in the Lamb. Everybody say the Lamb. the Lamb. Not just Jesus. Oh, my faith is in Jesus. And I hear that, and I see so much defeat. People really don't even know what it means to have their faith in Jesus these days. Do you know almost every letter we get from an inmate that's in jail, we mail five Bibles every Friday, expositor study Bibles every Friday to inmates across the land. And I, I pray that you'd help us with that financially. Just hit the donate button. But almost every one of those letters talks about how they know God and they've fallen away. They know God. They're, they're Christians, but they, but, but they just fell into sin again. Read, read a couple this morning preparing the Bibles to be mailed today. And it just breaks my heart. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There is many, many Christians in the state and federal penitentiaries. It's full of Christians that do not know how to live for God. Oh, it's so exciting to learn how to live for God. They will mock you. They will mock the cross, the message of the cross. But while they're out there doing that, we're walking in victory. Our marriages are being matured and growing as they should. Our I said our children are being raised up, trained up in the way they should go. And we're not just going loop after loop around the same mountain, generation after generation. Our, we're not paying for our raising through our children. Jesus paid for that. Glory to God. If they only knew the truth. They could have been walking in liberty and missed out on an in, they, years of locked up in prison. But I'm thankful we can mail them a Bible that will show them the way of, of the Lord, the truth. Amen. So first of all, let's say this morning that unless I know what it means to put on the whole armor of God, I cannot stand against the wiles of the devil. No one just stands against the devil. I hear so many people telling me when they hear me preach, they come up after the service all throughout the 12 years we've been preaching this, and they say, oh, I've known that for years. Man, I've been believing that for years. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. They think they have. But it's pretty obvious by a lot of things that's going on in their lives, that's that's not what they've been believing. If, that's, if this is really what they've been believing, then they've been sitting under preachers that preach this, and they wouldn't be, have been sitting under preachers that don't. Right. Amen. I can't help you what you, thought, what you thought you had going on. 
the Bible, when the Lord brought you back to faith and grace, the Word of God by the Spirit of God exploded in your heart. It was like you just got saved all over again. That's why you hear the phrase often, I feel like I've been born again, again. Why is that? Because when you get born again, you come to simple childlike faith in Christ and what He did about your sins on the cross. You accepted Him as the Lord and Savior of your life and the fire of God burned in your heart. A great example of that in the Old Testament is Elijah on the mountain and the fire of God fell on the sacrifice. And that's what the fire of God falls on is faith in the sacrifice. Doesn't fall on just a person here and there. The fire of God is, the Bible says God is looking throughout the entire earth on whom he may show his strength on the behalf of. Well, who are they? Those that place their faith in the sacrifice and the fire of God will burn in their hearts. Hallelujah. And when we were off out there in our own way, doing our own thing, listening to preachers that wouldn't preach the message of the cross because we didn't even know we should be listening to anybody preach the message of the cross. And we were just going through the motions and memorizing Scripture and we thought we had something going on until the Lord showed up, interrupted our lives and began to reveal to us, you have been corrupting my word for years, Curtis. You've been using my word out of context for years, Curtis, but today I will begin to teach you my word in truth. And his name is Jesus. He's my son that I gave for you. Hallelujah. The Lord told me about three years ago, he said, Curtis, you're not to listen to anything anybody tells you. No one, do not receive any words from anyone that claim they're from me if they're not about my son and what he provided for you at Calvary. So it won't do you any good to come tell me you heard from God and you got something to tell me you really feel strongly it's from God and I'll let you do it. But when I walk away from there, I'll say, okay, thank you, Lord, or I'll say, hap to that. (laughs) Amen. So let's get this this morning. Unless I know how, what it means to put on the whole armor of God, the devil will keep (laughs) popping me. He'll keep popping because I can't stand. I can't stand. So it speaks of our faith in the Lamb, which allows the Lord to, it allowed the Lord to robe us. This hedge, Christians say they got a hedge about them. It's, it's due to the blood of Jesus being shed. And we've been robed in His righteousness in which grace today reigns through faith. See, grace, God gave us grace to reign in our lives. But it's through righteousness. And when He gave us grace, when we were born again, He robed us in His righteous robes. You need to see this, that when you got born again, you just had, the Bible says, everything we thought we were doing was good was filthy rags. We were, we were clothed in filthy rags as dead in our sins and separated from God. But when we accepted the sacrifice of Christ... God did away with that old man that was so comfortable wearing the rags of good works that he says are filthy to him. And he clothed us with robes of righteousness which he imputed unto us. Amen. And grace reigns through this righteous standing that we have with God that came about through the cross. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that in Romans 5.21, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness 
unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'm saying this about righteousness and grace this morning is because when you're born again, the Lord robes you with His righteousness. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, verse uh, chapter 23, that He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Why? Because we're the righteous people of God. Amen? Amen. So the only path for, the, for, for His righteous people is the path of righteousness. Excuse me. And so, and, but watch this now. The only way that we can see the path and walk in the path of righteousness is if we know truth. Just because you know Bible verses does not mean you know the truth that God has within those Bible verses. So many people today are able to quote the Word of God, read the Word of God, study the Word of God. But God has something within His Word that will deliver you, save you, give you wisdom and strength, knowledge and understanding. It it is the truth in the Word. You must know the truth in the Word. See, the Word of God is God. And the Son of God, Jesus, is God. And Jesus declared himself to be the Son of God and the truth of God. So when you study the Word, you must see it in the light of the man who claimed to be the light of the world. And if we're missing that, then we're missing the whole thing. And the Word of God won't work for you, it'll work against you. I need to say that again. Instead of God having sent His Word to work for us, we'll find ourselves using it wrongly, and it will work against us and slay us. We will cut each other in half with the sword of truth instead of allowing the sword of truth to to pierce away the things in our lives that are not needed and to carve us, to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And let me add this, being made conformable unto His death. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us that uh, putting on the whole armor of God, when we put it on, you got to remember that we have access to the armor of God through faith in the blood only. And that we've been robed with His righteousness. We've been made His righteousness. He's clothed us, robed us with His garments of righteousness. And He leads us in the path of righteousness. And the only way we can stay on the path of righteousness is if we keep our faith in the truth. The truth that saved is the truth that keeps. Praise God. So, and so we also see, and I want to share a couple of scriptures with you to go along with what I'm saying this morning. Ephesians 5, 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That lets us know that The Holy Spirit can't bear fruit in us and through us. He can't produce fruit in us that we can bear if it's not in goodness and righteousness and truth. All three have to be there. And if you think about it, God's goodness is His righteousness that's found in His truth. Amen. Brother Curtis. Good teaching. Brother Curtis. I think we need to stay an extra hour this morning. Brother Curtis. 
Proverbs 12, 17, one of my favorites, highlighted in not only the pages of this book called the Bible, highlighted in my heart. Helps me discern who's preaching the truth and who's not. Who is, who is giving a pure word. And let me say something. Don't sit there and say this. Well, my preacher's doing the best he can. He's either preaching truth or he's not. Now, I love him, praise God, but I don't have to keep sitting under somebody just because I love them, just because I, I appreciate them, some, some, some things about them. But if they're not giving me the truth, then God's not working through them as a pastor to give me what I need, and I need to find one that is. A lot of money wasted by people just paying in churches. That keep, they're just stuck in some religious routine. They're giving their finances to somebody who's not giving them what they need. And listen, if you're waiting on God to say, Thus saith the Lord, you must rise and leave that place. You're not going to hear it. What you are going to hear is little teachings like this, and the Holy Spirit's going to show you, you've got to get up and get out. And if you're not willing to do what your father of the faith did, Abraham, to get out, get up and get out, then you're going to be stuck in the same mess for the rest of your life. And I got news for you. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. But you do have to find faith in your heart in the sacrifice of Christ. And you do have to get up and you do have to get out. Amen. I mean, this thing that's going on today all over the world, this thing we're calling... God bringing His people back to faith and grace, back to the focus of the message of the cross, the power of God. It's not just something some man decided to be good. It's in the Word. And every person that God is able to do what He's doing has had to get up and get out of where they were. Every one of them. But who are they? Who are those people? Those are the people that have come to the acknowledgement of what I have believed in for years has not worked. And until people come to that conclusion that what I've had my faith in for years has not worked, then they are not going to come out. Because if what you're in, if you think it's working, even though I promise you it can't be because God won't work in it if it's not the truth if it's not focused on the sacrifice, you'll never come out of that mess and you're stuck. Where am I stuck, preacher? Under the wiles of the devil. You can preach good messages about putting on the armor of God, but if you're not preaching the cross, no one knows how to put on the armor of God. So Proverbs 12, 17 says this, He that speaks truth, shows forth the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God only comes about to us through the sacrifice of Christ. Where our sins are taken upon Him as the sacrificial, perfect Lamb of God, and our faith in that imputes, God imputes to us His righteousness. That is the only avenue by which God makes this great trade. He takes our sin and makes us the righteousness of who He is in Christ Jesus. So if the truth is being spoken, God portrays a picture of righteousness and those that are lost come running to a Savior for salvation. Those who are saved and been off track for years come running back to the sacrifice just as Israel of old did. They kept running back uh, time after time to the sacrifice again so God could bless them again. Come out today from among them. Come out today from among them so that you, be, you can begin to be fed by the Holy Spirit again. He only feeds truth. 
He only feeds truth. That's all we can eat that we can grow by. It's all we can partake of that causes the enemy his plan to be revealed to us so that we no longer fall prey to it every day, every week, every month, every year. Then our children every day, every week, every month, every year. And we watch horrible things happen to our youth today such as going on in our community. And excuses are made as to why these things really happened the way they did. But I've got news for you this morning if you're watching. It's not because of all those outer symptoms that took place. It's because they did did not know how to put on the armor of God. For had they known how to put on the full armor of God, they would have not fallen prey to the schemes and the wiles of the devil. They would have stood in his face in the righteousness and the power of God. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God so that you, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And let me say this morning, you can't just go find another Bible verse and, and try to get past it. If you don't know what this means, and I hope you'll keep tuning in because we're going to show, and I pray that it's more than us. I pray that through the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is able to show you the truth. For it's only when you see the truth of the Scriptures will you be able to acknowledge and experience the power of God. So, but watch this. Let me finish this verse. I rarely even finish Proverbs twelve seventeen, that says, "He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit." You know what deceit is, my friend? Here's a good example: somebody using the word of God to make you think you can get something because you now have read something or heard your preacher say something in the word of God, but it's not truth. You're not getting anything from God. Deceit is deception. Deceit is me thinking I'm getting something using something in the wrong way. It's, uh, deceitful lust means I really believe that if I cheat on my taxes or if I tell this lie, I'll, really, I'll get what I need. That's deceitful lust. If I'm using God's Word, that is truth. If I'm using God's Word in a way outside of truth that portrays His righteousness, then I'm a deceitful preacher. I'm placing deceit on the table that people grab a hold of what I preach and they run with it and then uh, they find out, well, it, it doesn't work. Because the Word of God does not work outside of truth. Mm. Word of God is not a, a something you can just quote a verse and, and expect God to do something or hang it on your mirror and expect God to do something or memorize it and go around telling everybody and expect God to do something until we acknowledge with our hearts the truth of the Word of God and His name is Jesus. Then God is held at bay. He desires strongly to work in your life. But what happened in the garden is proof that God won't just work in your life. He won't just work anyway in your life. If he, would, if he was a God like that, He wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be just. I shared on Facebook yesterday evening something that Christians need to hear. Do you know why God placed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? So many Christians ask that. Well, why did He have to put that tree in there anyway? If he wouldn't have put that tree in there, we could have just, man, we wouldn't have had the problems we got today. God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden so man would understand that his authority was not absolute and just any way. 
He put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden and warned man against it so man would always know you have full authority and dominion over the earth as long as my dominion and authority remains over you. See, we're not here just to run and do our own thing, to quote God's Word in our own way. God's Word is truth, and God sent His Word to save us, to deliver us, and to heal us from all destruction. Praise God. His name is Jesus. And the way He does that is not by reading the Bible, not even by studying the Bible, not by prayer, not by anything outside faith in the one that was sent to have this great salvation and this power, this wisdom, this strength, the spirit of endurance and excellence to go another portion of this race today where the enemy may roar as a lion, but he's got to turn and flee. Because we learn how to put on the whole armor of God. So, so watch that. It's either the truth that shows forth righteousness or it's really deceit that's coming out. That's a powerful scripture, my friend. If you're, if, you're, if you're watching me today, you need to really go to your Bible there and you need to highlight that. You need to understand when you hear someone quoting the Word, whether it's somebody at work or a preacher, a teacher, a grandmama, whoever, quoting the Word of God, either it's coming, out, coming across to us as truth because it's pointing to the man named the truth, Jesus, and what he did at Calvary, or it's deceit. And I'm not making this up. It's the Word of God. If it's not showing us the avenue of righteousness, God says it's be, though His Word is being held outside of truth. What, what does God tell us when we hold His truth in a place of unrighteousness happens in Romans 1? That the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against us. That means there won't be any growth. That means many, as Paul said to the church in Corinth, will be weak, sick, and, and dying prematurely because we're playing with God's Word. We're using God's Word, but we're using it in a place that does not reveal His avenue of righteousness to save the lost or His avenue of righteousness for the saint to walk in. And somebody said, Amen. Thank God I'm not perfect, but I'm following a perfect one. And I am being taught how. How to walk on this path of righteousness? First, he had to show me who it was and where it was. And then he can show you how to walk on it. Praise the Lord. Man, this is just better teaching this morning. Mm. To stand. And we see, when we say, the Bible tells us here that will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means when the, when the devil comes after you to tempt you to do anything, you're going to be able to stand. Stand. But you can't stand unless you got the whole armor of God on. And so I want to bring another scripture in this morning that tells us what standing gives a little light on where we're really standing. So watch this in Galatians 5.1. I love this scripture. It's, it's uh, uh, my friend and brother in Baton Rouge, Brother Gabriel Swaggart. He says this is his favorite scripture, Galatians 5.1. And, and every time I hear them say that down in Baton Rouge, it just stirs my heart because I, I, the Lord reminds me uh, of the, uh, the, the cross. Galatians 5.1 says this. Watch this. Now, we're talking this morning from the book of Ephesians chapter 6 on uh, learning how to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand. Against the wiles of... First, you've got to know how to stand. 
You, you better know this, the devil's coming. And his wiles, his schemes and tricks are so subtle, you won't know what got you till five years down the road if you don't know how to walk. You know how many Christians are in the penitentiary, as I shared earlier, about the inmates who just, they're, they're, man, how, what am I doing here? How did I get here? I know God. I'm a Christian. Being a Christian won't keep you out of the wiles of the devil. You've got to learn how to stand. You've got to know what it means to stand. And that don't mean going to church every Sunday. Praise God for the faithful who are in the house of God every week. But that don't mean they're standing in the grace of God. I know thousands of Christians right now who are in church every week. And they don't know what it means to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because they don't know what it means to put on the armor. Galatians 5.1, the Bible tells me and you, stand. It's a command. You know why God tells us to do everything He does? So He can bless us and keep us in His perfect will. And He can keep the, devil from, the devil's will from taking place in our lives. Stand fast. That means do not move. Stand and do not move. Stand and quit moving. Stand and quit wavering. Stand and quit moving. Stand. Fast. Don't move. When mama comes, when husband comes, when wife comes and says, all this cross stuff, uh, all this swaggered stuff, all this crossway church stuff, all the, and they call it all these, stand. Amen. I mean, you know how many people have started going to some church somewhere focused on the message of the cross? And they're excited. The fire of God stirring in their hearts again. They're learning scripture just un, in an unbelievable uh, way. And they're just excited again about the things of God. And they go to Walmart. That gathering place in every community. And somebody sees their excitement, sees their, uh, in, that they're encouraged, and, and the first thing they ask them is, where do you go to church? And they tell them, because they're excited about where they go to church. They're learning the Word of God in truth, and God's changing some things in their life, changing them, praise God. And they tell them, oh, I go down here to Crossway Church, or I've been listening to SBN, Brother Swag. What? Oh, no, you, you, you're not talking about down there. Oh, oh, and, and they say all these things. That's the wiles of the devil. That's the trickery of the devil. He comes to steal your faith, my friend. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And how he does that is by stealing your faith. So many people don't know the tricks and the schemes, the wiles of the devil. They walk away after uh, uh, hearing that, being discouraged, and looking now at where God was dealing with them properly and feeding them and new, giving them the nutrition they need now. They were growing the truth. They were excited, and they begin to lose that because they valued another voice. They, they have now been drawn under the trickery of the devil called the fear of man, where we value what man thinks now more than what God thinks His Word. And we don't even know it's happening when it's happening. We just think that somebody cares enough about us to warn us about a people like that. And, oh, you know, oh, man, they, they speak in tongues. And you know that ain't for today. I've read many uh, great authors who talk about justification by faith. And uh, I was just reading one the other day. Man, it was just right on his focus is in the cross, the blood of Jesus. But he says that second subsequential work of grace.
peace that they're calling it that. That's not for today. And so they're pulled away from a spirit-filled church. They're, they're pulled away by somebody who says, well, you know, the cross is right. We've got to have the cross to get in. But now God's telling us to work out our own salvation. And they, and they misquote the Scriptures not understanding how to put on the armor of God. And this person who's been on fire for God, they just walk away like, wow, I really thought that church was of God. I thought that was God that put me in there. And, and now we're confused and now we're not sure because the devil through his wiles and schemes and trickery through someone that doesn't know how to wear the armor of God comes and brings deceit into my life. I accept it and prove it by not going to that place anymore. Let me tell you something. When somebody asks you where you go to church, it's either because they see your excitement and your hunger and they want, to tr- they want to go there too or it's because they're wanting to get you out of there. One of the two. People don't ask that question just to be asking it. When someone asks you where you go to church, they're asking because they see an excitement and they either want to come and get in on what you're getting or they under the schemes not even known by them under the anointing of the unholy one, the devil is trying to get you out of that place that you can grow, that you can be a part of the true biblical unity of God's Word in the faith of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So you've got to be careful who you listen to. Uh, Galatians 5.1 Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Now let's talk about that for a minute. There's a difference between liberty and freedom. Now, they both really mean free, but there is a a difference between liberty and freedom. Jesus dying on the cross gives all the human race the liberty now, the avenue now, by what he did to be made free. It's like sitting in a prison cell, and the guard comes by, and he sticks the key in the door, he He clicks the lock, opens it, opens the door, and says, you now have the liberty to go. But until you get up and walk out, you cannot be made free. I hope you're understanding that this morning. Through what Jesus did on the cross, you've been granted and offered liberty. If you stand in that liberty, because here the Bible says, in that liberty, you've been made free. Let me say it again. There's two different things here. Jesus, through His atoning death for our sins, has offered the liberty to be free for all men. And He's offered freedom to all men. But what we see this in the Scripture. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Wherewith did Christ make us free? Through His cross. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. The truth will free you from sin. So it's when we know, and I don't mean hear, I mean know, believe, that Christ died for my sins. That not only got me in the kingdom, but as long as I keep my faith there, then I'm going to be able to stand there. Amen. Listen, most of Christianity is not standing in the liberty wherewith Christ made them free. And let me say it again this morning, I'm I'm big into this. If we didn't need to be told these things, if bad things couldn't happen to us, if we couldn't be walking around in a state of ignorance and the devil couldn't be destroying our lives, we, 
We wouldn't need to be told these things. But there is a devil. There is a hell. There is a righteous place in God, in Christ. And there is a heaven. There is victory offered by Christ. There is a place you can walk fully clothed in the armor of God and the devil may come to attack and may do some ugly things, but you'll be able to stand against what he's trying to do to you. The Bible declares that every fiery dart of the enemy shall be quenched through the shield of faith which we'll get into in the armor, the whole armor of God as we move on. But I want to point this out because we're, he, Ephesians talks about standing against the wiles of the devil. And only as we know how to put on it, the armor of God, the whole armor of God, what it means, then we're not going to be able to stand. It doesn't mean go to church and God's going to bring you victory. Pray three hours a day, God's going to give you victory. Read three chapters, you're going to get victory. That's all works, and God doesn't give us anything dealing with deliverance from sin or victory every day through what we do. You know how many preachers don't know that? Do you know how many preachers don't know that? Millions. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. That means what Christ did at the cross. Stand with your faith there, wherewith Christ has made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Yes, I can go back to a place of bondage. Most of Christianity is there today. They're there today. They're in bondage. They're in bond- sin is dominating their lives. When God's Word says in Romans 6.14, sin shall not dominate you because you're not under law anymore. You're now under grace. You're in that place God works. And if God's working in your life, that means the devil can't gain a step. Hallelujah. But we got to learn. Psalms 33.4 and Romans 8.2 tell us God only works in the truth. He's not just working in anything. People through email and Facebook Messenger all the time asking me about that. Well, what about this and what about that? And a lady recently, she didn't mean any harm. She was one of those people asking to, to try to gain knowledge. And I told her, I said, ma'am, I just can't explain everything to you. I don't have the full understanding of everything, but I'd see what God's Word says. Amen. And let me tell you something today. If you want to know who those are that have ears to hear, It's those who just accept God's Word the way it is and they walk in that by the power of the Holy Spirit because their faith is in the blood of Jesus. Nobody else has ears to hear today. Not anybody else has ears to hear today. Those who take God's Word as it is written without excuse, well, that wasn't really in the Septuagint. Oh, that was just uh, this and that. No, those who have ears to hear, because our hearing comes about faith and faith in the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So those who have ears to hear are those who will accept God's Word as it is written unto them. And through their faith in the Lamb of God, the Word of God is then by the Spirit of God applied to their lives. Outside of that, we don't know what it means to stand. And that's why our marriages are not what they should be. We want everybody to think they're greater than they really are. Uh Uh-oh. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. That means you got to know what the liberty is. And it must be the cross because there is what Christ, that's how He made us free. Stand there, don't move. Colossians 2.6 says the same thing. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus, stay, uh, uh, what does it say? So walk ye in Him. Just like you received Him, you walk. Just like you received Him, you stand. Can I tell you this morning, folks, that if you don't know how to stand, you can't walk. Oh, yeah. you got to stand first to walk. 
You got to stand to walk. And we're learning in the Word that standing only takes place if we stand in that liberty wherewith Christ made us free. And that means faith in the cross. And if we don't, here it is again, we will be tangled again. Again. Everybody say, again. Oh, I hate again, unless it's the power of God again. I hate again, bondage, bondage again, bondage again. Same old excuse, same old lap around the mountain. God's trying to get us out of that rut and move us on into deeper things of the promises we have in Christ. We're not just waiting on heaven to be there, although we're looking mighty forward to that. But God's got great things for us right here and right now. Amen. Praise God. Stand fast is really to be stationary when you look it up. It means to don't move. Yeah. Amen. But we move because we want more money. We move because we want more people in our church. We move because we want to be famous like him and her or whatever. Listen, don't move. If it means your life, don't move. If it means your family leaves you, don't move. Don't move. It means don't move. Amen. If the whole community writes you off, don't move. If they divorce you, don't move. If your kids don't want anything to do with you, don't move. It, no matter how grieved you are and brokenhearted, don't move. No matter how sick you are, don't move. Amen. No matter how much you lose, don't move. Don't move. Amen. 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 Help us, Lord. We move many times, but our lips keep talking like we're still standing. We ain't standing. We show whether we're standing or not. Amen. Standing brings forth that testimony of the blood of the Lamb. For that's how we stand, by faith in the blood of the Lamb. I'm talking about this Galatians 5.1 scripture because of, uh, of Galatians telling us to put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand. It takes the whole armor of God. Let's talk about that for a minute while we've still got about three minutes. To put on the whole armor of God to be able to stand along with Galatians 5.1 which brings in the revelation of the cross tells us we're moving on into a greater revelation of what Jesus did at Calvary. To put on the whole armor of God is referring to all that Jesus died to provide us. I ain't talking about just the things like uh, 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 jobs and uh, spouses and, and, and all these. I'm talking about what it takes to know the schemes and the wiles of the devil. You've got one life here and now, my friend, to be, to be able to... Magnify Jesus, glorify your heavenly Father, and to bear much fruit. That can't happen if we're under the schemes and the wiles of the devil. But if we'll learn to put on the whole armor of God so we'll be able to stand, and standing, God tells us, is standing in that place where we were made free by Christ. All points to the cross. So as we begin to move on into this uh, 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 greater revelation of what it means when Paul says, Finally, my brothers, be, be, be strong in the, in the power of God in His might. And, 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 and then, he, then he tells us, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he moves on in here, and, and, and next week, hopefully, we can move on. Y'all keep holding me up, and we keep getting stuck. And wondering. <laughs> That's good, though. I'm not in a hurry. Maybe, maybe the Lord's coming today for us, and... And, uh, uh, and we'll just have a greater revelation than ever before. And uh, so uh, then he begins to talk about because we wrestle not. See that word for that begins verse 12 with? because He's telling us this. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He, then he begins to tell us how we do that. How am I going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? 
By, by putting on the whole armor. By being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, because. Every time you see F-O-R at the beginning of a verse, it means because. I mean, 99.9% of the time it means because we are wrestling. Hallelujah. Tells us what we're not wrestling against, but next week we're going to see what we are wrestling a week. We're going to talk about each one of these things that Paul tells us we're wrestling against, and we're going to see how victory is ours through Christ over everything the devil brings our way, and that this whole armor of God will make every fiery dart he throws fall to the ground. Hallelujah. I, I just want to say this morning how much I appreciate all our Friday morning viewers and all, all those who watch later uh, this uh, teaching in the archives, and I appreciate all those that give financially to help make this possible. And, uh, and I'm just thankful for all those who are purchasing the book and giving for the Bibles we send out every week. And I would ask you to do one thing before we leave today, and that's hit the share button. Share this so that all your Facebook friends can see this. If you're not watching through Facebook, go to Facebook, my page, Curtis Hutchinson, and become my friend and share these messages. Share them with your family, your coworkers, your friends. They probably think they're okay with God, and I promise you... All, Probably, probably none of them are. Unless they're talking to you about the Lamb of God, the cross of Christ. Everybody thinks they're okay with God. And very few people said Jesus are. So we love you. God bless you. We're praying for you. See you right here next week. Praise God.